When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's season is potentially here yet again. Now, Tony Pollard suffered the leg injury. He will, you know, we'll need to hear that he's good to go and rehabbing well and everything's good to go, obviously. But we're pretty excited about Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard was a moon man last year. Tony Pollard might be a moon man today. The Fantasy Football Show begins right now. File on in. Hit that thumb up button on your way in the door. Michael KCPA, as usual. And James, as usual. First two in the building lately. File on in. Tony Pollard season. Yet again. We're talking Tony Pollard. Go. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live. Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, good people? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Show. My name is Smitty. I'm here to talk Tony Pollard. I'm here to talk the 2023 Super Bowl. I'm here to talk about all of that and more and take your phone calls and and do all the other things we do on the show. We'll do a little uh, this or that. We'll do... A little uh, uh, take a lap and approve, Smitty approve, disapprove, maybe some fantasy football court. I don't know. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, Home Depot if we have time. File on in. Hit that thumb up button on your way in the door. Let's talk about Tony Pollard. This little beauty right here. This little piece of news. Cowboys running back Tony Pollard is expected to receive the franchise tag. This is good for a lot of reasons. I do fully expect this to come true based on what I'm hearing. This isn't just one report where we think, okay, Tony Pollard's going to get franchise tag here maybe, or this this source thinks he's not. I'm hearing it from multiple places that Tony Pollard is going to be tagged. This is good. Why is this good? I know some people want him to go get the bag elsewhere. He, getting tagged, may potentially sign a long-term deal with the Dallas Cowboys. The franchise tag is oftentimes used to... Hold a player in place while they negotiate a trade because the, the player would, if they didn't tag the player, go hit free agency. So it's kind of like, a, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm going to slap the tag on you so you can't go anywhere. Let's work out a long-term deal. Here's the thing. You don't franchise tag a player you aren't interested in, in signing to a long-term deal unless it's a very rare circumstance. In this case, we're hearing, I'm hearing, many people are hearing, many people are telling me that the, the Cowboys are very interested in trying to work out a long-term deal. Even if they don't, it's great news because they're paying him over $10 million for this upcoming season, which means he's getting paid bank, which means that Zeke Elliott, in order to stay on the roster, Zeke Elliott would need to take a pay cut in order to be on the roster in 2023, which means that they're going to be paid much different amounts of money, not to mention that Zeke Elliott 
was tailing off. He's been tailing off for the last couple years. But Zeke Elliott will most likely take more of a backseat in 2023. I fully believe that. I don't think we'll be screwed by this situation being a timeshare. Uh, File on in. Hit that thumb up button. 12 thumbs up on the way in the door already. Please punch those numbers. Get those rookie numbers up. Pumped up to about 50. All right. That's where we need those thumb up numbers to be. James, appreciate you being here. Danger. Uh, Jones. Sandu. All of you jumping in. Um, no more Bijan to the Cowboys, Eagles. It is there. There's there's been no no thought that that uh, Bijan's going to the Cowboys. In my opinion, Sandu. But yeah, he's he's probably he's probably not going to because the NFL draft order, as I mentioned earlier, is set up to a point where the Dallas Cowboys at 26 have zero shot at at Bijan Robinson if they move up, maybe. You know, and maybe Jerry Jones wanted to do that. You know, there is there's been people talking about it, but I haven't I haven't felt that as a as a legitimate source out there or le- legitimate uh, piece of information. It's always been Tony Pollard, or uh, they would potentially t- attack another running back in the draft class, not trade up for Bijan. But you never know. You never know. Anything can happen. But this right here, this right here is good news, ladies and gentlemen, because Tony Pollard. Fits into this offense well. As much as we worry about Dak, as much as we say, oh, Dak's, uh, Dak is is not a consistent, reliable quarterback at the end of the day when you're in the playoffs, you're trying to make a playoff push, you're trying to win multiple games in a, in a row. Dak can win one game. Dak can win one game. But can Dak put together three, four wins in a row in a playoff environment? Probably not. But does that matter? No, it does not. Not for fantasy football when the Cowboys are one of the most potent offenses in the National Football League year after year. This is a potent offense. This is a top five offensive offense that's dropping all kinds of weapons and and, and production on the field all the time. You got CeeDee Lamb deployed. You got Tony Pollard deployed. You got Dalton Schultz firing back in, in late 2022 to become what we kind of envision him to become. These are weapons. These are offensive weapons placed all over the field. Hard to contain any one of them. Hard to focus on any one of them. Hard to double any one of them because there's a lot of weapons on the field. And Dak is good enough not in terms of winning Super Bowls or playoff wins, but good enough in terms of facilitating the football and getting the football to a bunch of, uh, a bunch of different people in a high-octane environment. Dak Prescott and this offense will move the chains. Dak Prescott and this offense will be sufficient enough to get Tony Pollard into a top 6-10 to 10 running back role. I fully, fully, fully endorse this move. I fully, fully hope it does come to fruition because we know what we're getting with Pollard and Dallas. We know that, that Zeke Elliott taking a pay cut, which is what will probably happen, uh, will likely uh, kind of lay out the pecking order versus last year being a total divide. If he's getting $10 plus million on a franchise tag, or better yet, they franchise tag him to work out a long-term deal, and he's playing at some massive contract value, then you know what you're getting. You know his role. And in Dallas, assuming all of his rehab goes correct and on point, and I fully believe it will be, in Dallas, I give you, I give you yet another surprise moon man, Tony Pollard. To the moon. Whoa. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Dropping loads in outer space. Absolutely phenomenal. This man right here, Tony Pollard. Give it up for Tony. Tony is a returning moon man, just like Brees Hall. The moon man. 
dropping loads in outer space. We've got two returning movement, Tony Pollard and Brees Hall. And and both these guys absolutely exploded in 2022 fantasy football. Both of these absolutely uh, outperformed their draft value. The cost of entry. Where your boy Smitty said, strike, strike. While the, the while it's hot, go get this guy, Tony Pollard. He won some people their leagues in, in some context. Brees Hall was on his way to winning anybody who drafted him. Anybody who drafted Brees Hall, he was on his way to, to, to winning you a league single-handedly, and he got injured. Both these guys were absolutely phenomenal. What's up, Call Saul? What's up, Jim? Jim, what's James? What's going on, Sandu? What's up, JCIM? What's up, Swaggy? What's up, Nightlife? What's up, Blind Larry? What's up, uh, Danger? Uh, Bijan to Houston, you all, says says uh, Blind Larry. You never know. He could fall to that to that pick right there. What is it, the 12 pick? I believe it's the 12 pick. Houston has the 12 pick. It, it's possible. I, I do think the Eagles would be crazy to pass on him at 10. Absolutely out of their minds crazy to pass on him at 10. And I think some teams might trade up into the top 8 to 12 to, to draft him. And and I think Pierce is probably uh Pierce is probably teeter-tottering like Algier on that 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 point of is he going to be the lone back again? If so, to the moon. And, and is the team going to bring in another running back and cloudy up the situation? Maybe. I will say that Algier and and Pierce are good enough and played well enough and it impressed us all. I mean, we were big Pierce and Algier believers, probably the bigger community on both those guys across the board in the fantasy industry. Um, from all the videos to the support in the community, I don't think there are very many, if any, uh, communities or YouTube shows or channels or or websites or anybody out there that was higher on Pierce or Algier, especially the combined when looking at both of them together, uh, some total. We were higher on both those guys than I think just about anybody. And, and the thing is, I still am, but the reality of the situation is that while I don't think Bijan's going to go to one of those teams, Atlanta, well, he could, I mean... Look, if if I was the coach of the Atlanta Falcons, as much as I love, as much as I love Algier, I would take him. I would take Bijan there. I would take Bijan there. I know there's a lot of other holes and needs, but I would take Bijan there. I know they're trying to get Lamar Jackson as well. This pick would most certainly be involved in that Lamar trade. So uh, the 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 Ravens could have this pick if a deal does get worked out. But the, the, the thing about it is, if you are an Algier or Damian Pierce believer, 12 and 8 overall, you have a threat. You have a threat of another RB named Charbonnet, Sean Tucker, Jameer Gibbs falling into a Houston or Falcons second round or later draft slot. That's where the threat is to Pierce and Algier. I don't think it's at the first round level because the only first round running back is going to be Bijan Robinson to the tune of a top 12, top 13, top 14, top 10 pick. I think Jameer Gibbs could go at the 25 to, to he could go to, he could go to like, let's say Dallas doesn't franchise tag Tony Pollard. He could go to Dallas, you know, he could go to Buffalo. He could go to Cincy. I think Jameer Gibbs 
should 100% go to the, the 27 overall pick to the Buffalo Bills, the 28 overall pick to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, or the 31 pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. Bills, uh, Bengals, or Eagles. I want Jameer Gibbs in that 26 to 30, but there's a shot he doesn't go there, and there's only one RB in round one. I think there'll be two. I think Jameer Gibbs will squeeze into this area, but if there is only one drafted running back in round one, then Pearson Algier will be threatened by a potential tempting uh, uh, temptation, if you will, by by any club in the second or third round that's staring at a Jameer Gibbs, staring at a Charbonnet, staring at a Sean Tucker. So they're not out of the woods until they're out of the woods. I'm not going to predict them to be out of the woods. I don't think I can put Algier or Pierce on the bold predictions board. Maybe Pierce, I guess. I mean, both of them could, I, I suppose. I could get real excited about one or the other, especially if the team comes out and says, hey, we're going to go ahead and hold off on a, on an RB early in the draft. Like, they'd come out and tell us and telegraph it. I don't know why they would. Then I could see myself getting really excited. Or if I get some sort of insight or word from somebody I trust that one of these teams or both of them won't draft an RB anywhere near the top two or three rounds, then I could probably throw one of these guys back on the Moonman list for sure. But until it happens... Um, you just can't, you just won't, you don't know until it happens. You got to plan for the worst and running backs fall so late that it's kind of hard to, to know. He's not going to go that high. Who are you talking about? Moon man, Rick, who are you talking about? Bijan? He's definitely going that high. Uh, thank you, blind Larry for the, the con, the topic, the subject matter, but back to Tony Pollard, um, likely to receive the tag, looking at $10-plus plus million on the franchise tag, looking at a very likely chance of getting extended. Um, Zeke Elliott looking either released because the team will save, uh, I believe, let me pull it up right here, the team will save, if they cut Zeke Elliott, the team will save, he's scheduled to make $16.7 million back to come back in 2023. Releasing Elliott is a $5 million cap savings, uh, but there would be $12 million in dead cap money. So Elliott returning on a restructured deal, this is according to NBC, uh, may be likeliest outcome here, allowing Dallas to keep him on the roster at a reduced salary. But reduced salary, like threat of being released, reduced salary is a reduced role. Uh, paying someone $10 million a year after he's proven to be so explosive and the Dallas Cowboys dropping the ball and needing... This is what I said. The Dallas Cowboys would lose and did because they didn't have Tony Pollard in uh, that Tony, you know, Tony Pollard capacity that like, even, even like, even when they were, when he was healthy and on the field, they weren't using him and they were looking shoddy in the run game at times. And I know Zeke Elliott did well, like decent in 2022. He really did. He pulled his weight rather well, kind of frustratingly well. Um, but not having Pollard I, is, was the prediction, not having him, Due to injury was one thing, but 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 I mean not you not having Pollard doing Pollard things is why the Dallas Cowboys wouldn't move forward. I think not having him, they knew they knew like this this is this is what we needed. This is why we're losing. The Dallas Cowboys need Tony Pollard, and I firmly believe they're going to use him properly on a ten million dollar salary. Uh, let's see here. Um, Zeke will be gone. There's because of the dead cap money, Peach. It, it makes more sense to reconstruct his contract if, if he's willing to. If he's not willing to, then they will probably cut him most definitely. But because they're gonna have twelve million in dead cap money, 
restructuring him at a smaller amount is better than going out and getting another running back. Uh, Malik Davis is also another potential player that people need to take note of because if Elliott does get released, then you have Malik Davis as as the backup um, to Tony Pollard, and that's a, a must-cuff situation. So keep in mind, and he's a, a nice little deep sleeper in Fantasy Football Dynasty and, and just, you know, deeper leagues, even redraft leagues that just you're able to cuff all kinds of players and put them on the bench and stash them, taxi squads, etc. Um, but very, 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 very good news. Uh, again, Moveman, what is this, number 10 or 11? Let's count them. The Moon Man, dropping loads in outer space. This is number 11. This is number 11. Part of me wants to put the, the Raider quarterback on space here monsters. or the Jets quarterback on here, but there's just too many... Too many variations of, of predictions happening, and we don't we don't really know. The Jets could be left without a quarterback. The Raiders could be left without a quarterback. It really comes down to Aaron Rodgers. Um, so you know, wh- whichever quarterback lands on the Raiders or the Jets, if it's Aaron Rod- or if Aaron Rodgers lands on the Raiders or the Jets or Lamar does, or both of them, they both are potential moonmen to an extent. But at that point, it's going to be hard to get them at good value because people will be all over it. The reason the Miami Dolphin Moonman prediction makes so much sense, and it, it will come off the board if Miami Mike isn't aggressive enough or doesn't have a desire to replace Tua. And if he truly believes he's he's going to be okay going with Tua into 2023, we'll take him off the board. I'm not going to put Tua Tagovailoa as Moonman number, uh, what is he, number 10? I'm not putting him as Moonman 9 or 10 or whatever he is uh, if he's the starter. This is this is his placeholders for whether it's Lamar, whether it's potentially... I, I think Derek Carr could even... I don't know that I'd leave Derek Carr on or off. I'm not sure. I think Derek Carr would have a, such a surprising year, surprisingly good year, that he could potentially stay on. But this placeholder was was more so for Lamar and more so for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like a likely uh, candidate for the Miami Dolphins right now. Things can change quickly. I do think Miami Mike is probably going to try at some point to to lure in Lamar Jackson, but we'll see. We'll see. If not, then this this is probably coming off. Uh, we're probably taking off uh, taking off this Dallas or this uh, Miami Dolphin quarterback placeholder. Um, do we have any Titans on the Moon Man list? Do we have any Titans on the Moon Man list? Michael, why would we have a Titan on the Moon Man list? I'm a little confused. What is something happened that I don't know about? All right. Where are we at here? Um, I agree, like Gabe, but he isn't pulling wide receiver two status. Gabe Davis is tough. Um, he always does great when fantasy fantasy season is over. I I still like him a lot. I'll still draft. I'll still draft him in a lot of leagues. Um, JSN falls. Uh, we'll see where JSN goes. JSN is definitely going to be a potential moon man uh, very, very soon. We're just going to we're going to play that one by ear uh, over the next couple weeks. But I would say he's in the top four candidates for for being the next moon man. If you want a little bit of a, a early nugget for being here, um, punch that thumb up button though. We got seventy people in here, only twenty two thumbs up. Let's hit the phone lines after we get through these news these pieces of news. So Tony Pollard. We got Zeke Elliott. We got those pieces out of the way. Punch that thumb up button. This one I love a lot. This could be a potential moon man. I'm just telling you right now. I like Sam Howell. And not a lot of people see him coming. And the Washington commanding football team 
this team may not be in the business or in the sweepstakes at all, any sweepstakes of getting an elite quarterback on any level, even a mediocre quarterback from this quarterback pool. Derek Carr is probably not going there. Uh, he's he's the last of the the good quarterbacks too. You got a Rod, who's not he's got to be traded, so he's not like he's just a, a free agent acquisition. But in the quarterback movement pool, players that are potentially capable of being traded, moved, tagged, tagged and traded, uh, free agent. It's Carr. It's Lamar. It's a Rod. Um, and 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 this this team isn't getting any one of those guys. They could get a Jimmy G. They could get a Mike White. They could get someone like that. I, I certainly like Mike White here. But I'm rooting for Sam Howell to walk into 2023 as the starting quarterback. I really like this kid. He's moon man capable. I, I'm just telling you right now. Start preparing for a lot of hype by your boy Smitty on Sam Howell in Washington. I think he could be something special. I, I, I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he's a, a lock for it. But I'm saying I, I believe that there's an upside there. Uh, Brock Purdy, according to Ian Rappaport, will undergo surgery to repair his torn UCL. This is everyone's talking about this like there's new news. I don't understand what people are saying. Until they go in, they won't fully know. How is he gonna have a full recovery and be ready for training camp when we've been told before they've got to go in to see how extensive the damage is? You could only piece so much together from MRIs and different tests. They don't know. They got to go in there. I don't know why people are trying to piece this together before they get in there and look at it. He could be out a while. The Tommy John surgery could potentially put him out if he has a true Tommy John surgery. It could potentially put him out for the season. And we've never seen a quarterback play with a Tommy John surgery or recover from a Tommy John surgery and, and become a starter, really, a starter capacity type of quarterback in the NFL. It hasn't happened. So this is this is weird. Everybody keeps running this out there, like like oh he's he's gonna have a surgery, and then the next day, uh, according to so and so, the report, uh, Purdy's gonna have a surgery. We know he's gonna have the surgery. We know that they need to go in there. It's it's completely torn. They need to go in there, take a look at it. They might have done some tests to, to further understand the likelihood of this or the likelihood of that. But th- this is not a situation where. You know what's up until you get in there. Just like when they did my patellar tendon surgery. They didn't exactly know what was up until they got in there. They had a good idea of what was happening. And when they went in, it was the same thing that they thought. But there could have been other damage that they couldn't tell. And they go in there and they see what's what and they they repair it. This whole being ready for training camp is premature. Uh, And and Trey Lance is going to probably do everything he can to try and win this job before August and he'll have a ton of time to attempt it do I think Shanahan and the and the, and the entire organization is against him it feels like it and that's why he's not on the moon man list yet he's in that reserve list that we throw up once in a while but I haven't put him on the moon man list uh NFL Network seeing Rappaport this is older news but it's relevant because I still it hasn't you know we still have to figure out what's going on I think it was today uh that or no to, today I think it was today that Derek Carr was going to potentially meet with the Saints. So we'll find out more on that. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported that the Raiders have granted Derek Carr permission to seek a trade. Punch that thumb up button. 72 of you in here and only 26 thumbs up. Only 26 people have wiped our feet. Help your boy Smitty out. It helps the channel a ton. Thank you. Uh, More to come on that because his meeting, I think, is today. Aaron Rodgers, this is, again, old news that we broke last night. And your boy Smitty's 
contemplating doing a darkness retreat alongside Aaron Rodgers in parallel and live streaming my version of it with low light in the studio and see how long I could stay in the studio here doing nothing but maybe pumping iron and 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 just waiting for Miss Mitty to bring me two trays of food. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do that or not. It might make more sense to say, hey, let's just go live for the 10 to 12 hours once the trade is executed. Once he's traded to a Jet uniform or a Raider uniform and we get to celebrate the rejoicing success that that, that uh, trickles down to the wide receivers and, and, and tight end and whoever, whatever team he falls to, Brees Hall, we might just do a 10 to 12 hour live stream in celebration of that. I don't know that we need to do the whole darkness retreat with A-Rod. It sounds fun. It would be good promotion, but I don't know. The more I think about it, it's 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 more of a promotional thing than a usefulness to you. So maybe we can just, you know, maybe we can do the live stream instead. You guys let me know what you would rather see. Um, car would be the exact same or worse anywhere else. I think car is going to be phenomenal in Miami. I think car would be very good in New York. I think car would be, um, there's certain places car gets elevated at. And, and Miami would elevate anybody. Carr is better than Tua. And Tua was a top five to six, top four to seven quarterback at times in 2023. He was a top six to seven quarterback. I think you could easily lock him into that. So if anybody thinks Derek Carr couldn't go to Miami and be amplified and be better than he is in that offense with those wide receivers, I don't know. I got a cone. If you believe that Carr wouldn't have success there, I got a cone. I got a cone helmet to sell you. This prevents concussions. This cone helmet, I'm selling it to you if you think that. I've got a bunch of them here. I got a case of them. Um, Spacula wants to see me in the darkness retreat. Smitty, do an eight-hour live, if anything, a happy medium. Well, I mean, 12 because 12 is his jersey number, you know. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, we did it last time, and we were the king of the the ten to twelve hour live stream when news breaks. You know, that's what we do. Uh, car sucks. Well, Swaggy's gonna prove you wrong if he lands in Miami, my guy. That's that's the whole point. Car may car may not be great in certain facets of his game, but he can deliver the football to from a fantasy perspective. I want Car very badly to land in a couple locations because. Those locations are—they don't have anything going on. If Carr's not landing there, you're telling me you don't want Carr as a New York Jet if Aaron Rodgers is a Raider, Swaggy? Who do you want to command the New York Jets and throw the football to Garrett Wilson? How's Garrett Wilson going to be a top five wide receiver if we don't get him a Derek Carr at the very minimum, or bring back Mike White? Um, there we there we have it. File on in, hit the thumb up button. Phone lines are open. Let's roll. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Dial in, dial in, dial in. Your boy Smitty is here to answer your calls and save the day. Uh, Tony Pollard, we can talk Tony Pollard. You can call in and talk about Derek Carr. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl predictions. Um... Not going to lie, is funny seeing football trying to figure out a Tommy John surgery for the first time. Ada, I'll tell you, 
I, I'm up in arms over the way people are reporting on this and they have no idea what they're talking about. Like this, this, this right here, that Ian Rappaport saying that he'll undergo surgery. Yeah, no, we know that. That's not news. Like this is breaking news. Everybody's posting it everywhere. All these Niner pages posting it everywhere. The Niners, Ian Rappaport reports that Purdy will undergo surgery to repair his UCL. Yeah, we knew that. Captain Obvious. And is expected to make a full recovery and be ready for training camp. Who says? Who says? We've never had a Tommy John surgery at a starting quarterback level ever. And we're all and we've already been told until they go in on the day of repair, we won't know the full extent. And yet people are saying full recovery. They're out of their minds, Ada. They're out of their minds. They're running with stuff and they don't know what they're talking about. Uh Smitty, I'm mainly a baseball guy, so this is every day kind of injury. Yeah, uh, Jets should honestly just let Mike White get healthy and commit to him for next year. I wouldn't mind that specula at all. I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, Purdy after Tommy John surgery will be an Uncle Rico and be able to throw the ball a quarter mile. We'll see, bro. We'll see. Being a quarterback... I'm not saying he can't have a full recovery. I'm not saying he won't have a full recovery. I'm merely saying we, we can't say he's going to be fully expected to be ready by training camp when we've been hearing nonstop that it's going to take him until, you know, getting in there and looking at it. Uh, Smitty, for the f- Smitty for the first Mike White truther I've ever heard. Thank you. Appreciate you. I like Mike White a lot. Molly Waters says he's gone 12 months bare minimum. I don't know. I don't know that it will be twelve, but I know that if it is Tommy John surgery, and they said this from the beginning, there was news reports everywhere. It says that if it's a repair, it's not a total tear. They can salvage it. That he could be back in six months. If it's a Tommy John, he could be out for a full year. He could be out for a full year. Now we're hearing he's going to have Tommy John's, and he'll be back in six months and be ready for training camp. It's ridiculous. You're talking about a quarterback is just getting started and he's got to throw the football. And I know that it more is a baseball injury. Okay, if it were Mahomes, it would affect Mahomes because Mahomes throws like a baseball. Uh, but but this is uh, this is something that's still going to affect a man that's going to throw the ball constantly. You haven't measured it and figured out how the repair is. He going to have enough time to to get it right? Is he going to have a setback if he goes out there too early? They'd be smart to say, you know what, we're not pushing it. We're not going to even expect him to be ready week one. And if Trey goes out and fails in week four or five, you plug Purdy in just like you did during the season last year, and he does what he did. He does very, very well. But give him enough time to not have some sort of setback and and potentially ruin the chances of him ever being 100% because you want him out there in six months. The six-month timetable is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous if he has a true Tommy John surgery. They don't people don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. It's not a six month surgery. He'll be he'll be re injured if he's out there on the field in August throwing the football hardcore. Unbelievable. Uh give Trey a, a chance anyway. You know? Trey deserves it. Trey deserves it. Give Trey a chance. I want Trey to get to get an opportunity. We didn't see Trey play with Christian McCaffrey. We didn't see see Trey play outside of a mud bowl and then one other game where he didn't he get injured. And what what game did Trey get injured? Was it week three or week two? Uh, I want to say it was week. Was it week three? It was it, Trey had uh, Trey had a horrible 
hand dealt to him. You know? That mud bowl in week one. And then what did he do? He came in. Let's see. I'm trying to refresh my memory on Trey's season. He got hurt in the second game. So a mud bowl in Chicago in week one where people people have the the audacity. The audacity. I think Seattle had rain too. Didn't Seattle have rain? Or was it San Francisco against Seattle? There was rain. I think it was like a wet week two. It was like a wet week two in, in, in San Francisco against Seattle. And then he had a mud bowl that he had to play in in Chicago. And then people were like, yeah, they just limited the offense around him. What do you mean? He didn't get a chance. <laughs> people are people drive me nuts. People drive me nuts. Sometimes I can't handle even leaving the house because people drive me nuts. Here's Trey Lance's game log for people that want to run their mouth about how the offense was dialed back and Trey wasn't trusted by the coaching staff and all like and that which I agree with. I'm saying but by the play calling and the playbook and how much he knew. He got 13 completions on 28 attempts in a mud bowl and then he had 3 attempts and was injured. How are you going to judge Trey Lance on three attempts? Because you certainly can't use this Chicago game in a mud bowl to determine how well he had a grasp on the offense, how much Shanahan was going to unleash him, how good he was going to be, how many throws he could make. Was he a gadget quarterback? Was he only a half-run, half-pass quarterback? You had no way of knowing. He didn't even, you could throw week one out the window. Throw week one out the window. This guy got three attempts and was injured. And, and, and I'm mad about it because I feel like Shanahan had a big part as to why he got injured, running him up the gut like he's a fullback, trying to teach him to slide, telling him to slide. Take care of your body, Trey. Here, halfback plunge on three. Go. Um, Show pictures of that game, Smitty. I, I, I think people remember that it was a, a complete mud bowl, a complete mud bowl, just a mud bath. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. So, um, great news about this Tony Pollard. This Tony Pollard character is a returning moon man. The moon man dropping loads in outer space. And if you need a reminder of last year's moon men yearbook, your boy Smitty's yearbook came in for 2022. The Fantasy Football Show yearbook came in, and it is here. Here it is. Ada, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What's up, Smitty? How you doing? I'm good, bro. I think, hold on, I, I honestly, I do think Shanahan being Shanahan, they probably do sign, re-sign Garoppolo. Bro, I, I've been, I've been saying it, I've been kind of running out, out there the last couple of days on, on my minor live streams that I do with Raj on the, on Instagram and all that. But, I'm like, until he's gone, bro, gonna, until he's gone, he's, I, I but, think they're not going to give Lance a chance though. But here, here's the, that is what here's I'm the problem though. Here's the problem with that. Here's, here's why I don't think it ends up happening, but I, I, until, until Jimmy's signed and on another team I'll, I'll i'll believe it when i see it but here's why jimmy g is going to actually be elsewhere in 2023 um when you look at the amount of quarterback openings bro he's gonna get a job you've got the bucks you've got the saints 
And so let's say the Dolphins go with Tua. Let's say the Raiders go with Aaron Rodgers. And that means the Packers get Jordan Love. Um, let's say the Ravens retain Lamar. You have the Jets, the Saints, and the Bucks all fighting for Derek Carr and who, bro? Jimmy G. Derek Carr. Jimmy G has one of at least four opportunities, but you could even call the Cardinals for half a season an opportunity too. But he's gonna. There's three jobs that will say Jimmy G. We want you to be our starter instead of going into a cloudy situation. And there's no way, no way Kyle Shanahan says Jimmy's our guy because he doesn't commit to anybody this early, bro. So if they were to bring him back, it would be under the assumption of a competition. Maybe he'll wink, wink. You're going to probably likely win it. But Shanahan already came out and said they have two quarterbacks that are starters. They can't envision a scenario. I do believe he could. He he also said bye to Jimmy G last year, and then they invited him right back. But I think... I think Trey would have to get injured. I think um, like right now or something in in practice or a setback of some kind or some report to break about, hey, we didn't tell anybody about this yet, but he's actually unable to do this until June or something like that. Um, If something like that came out, then I believe Shanahan would readdress the situation. But because Jimmy G is going to be guaranteed a starting job somewhere, which I don't necessarily think is going to work out, but... uh, I think that it, that makes him as good as gone because that's money, bro. That's a big amount of money Jimmy's going to get. The Niners won't pay him a big amount of money, not with Brock Purdy as the potential future of the team is is the way I think they're looking at it. I don't think they're going to pay big dollars for Jimmy G, and Jimmy G will get it. You know what I mean? He'd have to go take a home, home hometown discount, and I don't think he wants to do that. Plus, Jimmy's very – I don't that's know if true. you know, but the relationship between uh, Shanny and Jimmy is not good. So I don't think he wants. Oh to yeah, control. I mean he was he was smiling the whole time when they were losing to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He couldn't he couldn't care less. But I'm with you in that like until I see it I don't I don't believe it. But it's probably it's but, just look, with the history. I feel like there would be like a Lance injury like with Shanahan already having so much history of this. Like there would be a Lance injury and out of emergency they just sign him back again. But will there be a will there be he'll have a job though you know like he'll have a job by then. Like Trey Lance would have to get injured like now, you know, because the quarterback carousel movement thing's going to happen real quickly. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, and there's definitely like a scenario I can envision, but it'd have to fold just right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I, <laughs> I guess the problem is Jimmy, guess, G's is that... go, Jimmy G's going to one of these spots, and he's going to ruin the wide receiver production for somebody. He goes to the Saints. Maybe Alave yeah. survives because he's such a, a an amazing wide receiver. Maybe you know he runs a little more too. Maybe he you know the short yardage stuff he's good at as well as the long long stretching the field air yard leading type wide receiver role that he could he could be and he proved with Winston. Um, if if Jimmy like G Michael goes, Thomas would be. It's like Michael Thomas would do good if if Jimmy G went there just throwing slants to him all day. Who's Michael Thomas? Is that a is that a former player that used to play in the in the NFL? Michael Thomas. I, I do you really think we're going to see Michael Thomas again? I don't know. I mean, we might. I mean, I'm, we I'm not. See, we I'm, didn't think we were going to see. We didn't think we were going to see Jimmy G in uh, San Francisco. We never know. I knew that. <laughs> I've been. I was saying that all year. But but yeah, I, I I who knows? Michael Thomas could you know rebound to some capacity, but I don't think we'll ever see the Michael Thomas of old. But um, Jimmy G, if he goes to the Jets, 
I want to throw up all over my desk. If he goes to the Raiders, I want to throw up all over my desk. If he goes to Miami, I want to throw up all over my desk. If he goes to the Saints, I'm pretty mad. I'd probably throw up on my mouth and then and then later on throw up on my desk. If if he goes to the Bucks, I know this sounds crazy, but if he goes to the Bucks, I almost have a little bit of relief comparatively to the other situations. I know that hurts two wide receivers, but I just feel like we don't even know what Mike Evans is going to be next year already. And I like Godwin a lot, but I also don't know what Godwin is going to be. Those are the two wide receivers that I'm not backing to a significant degree anyway. I'm going to be devastated if Adams gets, you know, de- like de- devalued by Jimmy G. I'm going to be devastated if Garrett Wilson doesn't get an electric passer. I'm going to be devastated if Olave doesn't. Those are my guys. I don't. I don't have any real. Uh, big time support behind the buckwad receivers and I just don't know where Mike Evans is going to be next year I like him a lot he's obviously amazing but I kind of think I would I would be more upset over Jimmy G landing in one of these other scenarios Mike White I'd much rather have in this in a Saints uniform Mike White I'd much rather have as a Jet um you know I know I know he crumbled at at times last year but he also has proven he can do it so I do like Mike White I think Mike he, White needs he a He also had the team behind him Yeah I they mean, like, they love people him People don't factor that in like they wanted to play for him Yeah All right I was going to switch this to now to the running back market I guess so in the sense of the quarterbacks don't seem like there's like there's any options but with the running backs does the Pollard you know franchise tag really change the market anymore or is it still kind of Everyone's going to get lowballed. Does the franchise tag what? Like, are the other RBs, like vet RBs, going to get a lowballed still? Yeah. Like, wh- I mean, the, where do you think any big pieces are going to move, if I mean, any? I mean, I think Barkley gets uh, re signed to a big new contract in New York, and I think Danny Dimes gets franchise tagged. Uh, I think uh, Tony Pollard's getting franchise tagged, making. The moon man. Making the moon man. Dropping Look at him. In outer space. Look at the moon man. New moon man, Tony Pollard. Returning moon man. Uh, so he's going to get tagged. I mean, it's a low okay. It's a low number. 10 million? It's not that big of a deal. One year, 10 million. Yeah. Not that big of a deal. Uh, and that's why Pollard's go- The Cowboys aren't even, I think, blinking. They know what they're getting out of him. And I think they yeah. try and sign him to a long-term deal, but if they can't, they're just going to leave him tagged. And I don't think Pollard's going to complain because I know Pollard knows he could get a big contract, but at the same time, this guy's about to get 10 mil. And and players believe in themselves, and I think he, he probably believes that he's going to prove it and, and bank on himself, and I like that. I think I think he's young enough where he can still have that mentality. And 10 million is a nice, a nice way to go about it. And keep keep in mind that that if it's a little different for running backs though, but I don't know that they know that. <laughs> but like if you like look at Lamar, Lamar didn't sign a contract last year. He wanted two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed, and I ripped him for it. And and I admit that I I admitted that it could work out for him, but not because of what he envisioned to happen. Because just waiting naturally, if you do get the same interest the next year. And there's a possibility of you getting more money because the salary cap increases. So part of it might have been his strategy yeah. to wait because the salary cap increases. But uh, uh, Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. And at the time, 
NFL World's Newswire's shows like mine, we went absolutely nuts. $230 million guaranteed. We've never seen that before. Fully guaranteed. Yeah. Well, you're now looking at potential $350, $400 million total contracts that are going to be offered to these top-shelf quarterbacks. And him getting $230 million guaranteed this year isn't going to seem that crazy. He could get more. He could get like $250 on a on a $350 deal. So... I mean, at the end of the day, but but the thing about the thing, so so getting tagged isn't a bad idea. Even if Lamar got tagged this year and he played on it, assuming he's still a hot commodity and he probably will be, given he's a quarterback and his shelf life is longer. Even though he runs, it'll be shorter than than a quarterback that doesn't. But he's still got a lot of time left. So Lamar could be looking if he gets tagged this year at even more money the next year. Um, but with Pollard, he's going to kind of have that same mentality probably. Like, hey, if I get tagged now, the cap's going up. Uh, I don't know that he's going to get more money next year than he would this year. It's not. But but if he feels like, okay, here's the tricky part with running backs, though. They typically don't get those. Like, this is Tony Pollard going into his first, like, re-up contract, right? The timing of yeah. it is messy for running backs because that is when they drop off. Right when they're about to re-up on, a, on, a, on their third deal. Their second, you know, major big contract after their rookie season, they're they're at the teeter tottering point of falling off. So by getting franchise tagged and then getting to get his big deal yet again, that might be just a little bit extra money for him if he stays healthy, balls out this year, and then gets that ten mil this year and then the new contract versus getting the new contract and maybe not getting tagged at the end of it and maybe not getting a new big huge monster deal. So it's kind of it's kind of like you don't know where it's going to go for him. Uh, I do really really wish him uh, well, obviously, because I'm, I'm going to be cheering him along the entire way. We love this guy Tony Pollard on the show. Top, that's what I put in the graphic. Top six is he a top six running back? He could be. He could be a top six running back in 2023, and that might seem bold to some people, but he played that way last year. So it's like uh, uh, the writing's on the wall. And I love it yeah. in this system where you know what you're going to get from them. It's a high-octane offense. doesn't matter how much we want to make fun of Dak Prescott in the chat. doesn't matter how much we want to make fun of Dak Prescott. does not matter at all because guess what? He still produces fantasy stats. He still moves the football down the field. This offense is still a top-five uh, offense in terms of production and numbers, and that's all going to translate to Tony Pollard having a, a magnificent season, assuming he stays healthy. Now, all of his rehab goes well, which I'm sure it will. It doesn't sound like an overly okay. complicated recovery. Um, uh, uh, who am I talking to? Ada, right the now? Con- sorry, the context. Hmm? Like, the context I had for this, I was just wondering, because I, like, I was doing some of those underdog, like, way too early drafts. And with it, I was looking at, like, where the like the vet RBs, that, I mean, the ones that produced this year, but, like, where they were falling to. And I know... Like, I got Mixon in the last round of a 16, like my very last pick, because I just I saw him still available, and then Sanders went right after him. And I'm just, since it's the best ball, I was just wondering, like, what vets would you probably target to like, just get, like, the best value if they do still pop off for, like, one more year? Because everyone's, like, hyping up the, the young or rookie RB, so everyone's, like, drafting those first or second round, like Walker, uh, ETN. Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, sorry. Phrase the question in one sentence after I got kind of lost there, and I was doing. No, no uh, I was moderating. Something what too, vet so. RBs would you target yeah. for a late round? 
uh, just pick up in a best. G- give me an example of what you mean by late round in your context like, and, and what kind of like, like literally. T- I got I got mixing in my very last pick. So what was it? The uh, okay, almost like the so I would I, say I don't even know what round. I would say like you know I'm gonna be out on Camara. But like if Kamara fell to a crazy spot, I would I would I would then look at him as like uh, if he does well for even seven games the way that he could, and let's say he gets suspended for six to eight games or whatever, so be it. Uh, Nick Chubb, I'm totally fading, but like there's places where he falls in a dynasty startup or, in, or whatever that that I like. Um, I don't I don't know that you're gonna see like uh, there's not a whole lot of other players that come to mind like Dalvin Cook. I just I'm out on. I think he goes too high to even like say, "Oh, he," but he's good value here. I don't think he. I don't think he's gonna deliver. Um, I don't want Zeke. Uh, Zeke Elliott. There's not a lot, honestly. It's the changing of the guard, bro. This is why I say the changing of the guard is here, and it's not here on just the running back level. It's here at the wide receiver receiver level. It's here at the quarterback level. It's here at the the RB and you know RB and tight end. It's on, across the board. It's the changing of the guard. Look at the top. Uh, look at the top. Five quarterbacks: Josh Allen, or we'll go. We'll go in order of what I think everyone's going to say: Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and uh, and uh, and Jalen Hurts. Or it, it depends on if we're talking redraft or dynasty. But those four quarterbacks are all young monsters, bro. And who's nipping at their heels? Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson still young enough. Herbert still young. Those are your top like eight to nine quarterbacks. They're all young. Those yeah. are your top redraft quarterbacks. Those are also your top dynasty quarterbacks. So that changing of the guards here at RB, McCaffrey's lingering, right? But you have Bijan, yeah. Hall, Walker, uh, Barkley's still young enough. But you have Henry and potentially Christian McCaffrey and Eckler and Cook all kind of falling. And you got ETN, Gibbs, uh, JT still young. I mean, just. I don't know that there are any. I, I, I don't know that there are any vets for you, bro. I don't think there are going to be very many vet running backs. They're all falling off. Okay, because yeah, no, like the like the draft I was doing was that that like early draft, but it's before like the actual NFL draft. So I was trying to see if I could get any like in a sense like a sleeper pick in the like last two rounds just to throw on my bench because like I got Etienne and Walker right like on my team, yeah, but then just as like a third RB. Like a like a Sanders or a Mixon or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big I, on Mixon. Like everyone overlooked the, like everyone was overlooking them. Like they were going for Pollards, you know, which I understand. But but, but that's like you know, just, and that's the thing, bro. While I could sit here and tell you, yeah, yeah, you know, there is a place where I like Mixon, Aaron Jones, and Cook, and and uh, and those guys. But I don't, I don't, because you're still looking. At, they're going late, but I still want a Pollard a hundred thousand hundred thousand times over those guys. Sean Tucker. The rookie running back Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. I want this guy over every single one of those guys. Over Alvin Kamara, over Cook, over uh over Nick Chubb. Like I, I get one year Nick Chubb might do well for one more year. He could, but he's on the verge. He's on the verge of falling off. Like we saw Cook and Kamara kind of like maybe not Kamara. We saw Cook kind of crawl along this year. Uh, anybody that owned Cook, Dalvin Cook. They know that he crawled along. Like he broke off, he'd do really badly and he'd break off a, a run at the end of the game and, and have 100 yards. And you're like, oh my God, how did he do that? And then it happened again. And it happened again. The offense is more pass heavy than it's ever been. And that's not going to change. And so, like, he's on the, he was teeter tottering. And, and he ended up having a pretty good year considering. 
but just no way. I, I, I'm not even going near Dalvin Cook this year. I'd rather take my chances on these younger running backs. A.J. Dillon, uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard. And those are all guys that are outside of the top 10. Like, I know a lot of people want Ramondre to be top 10, but Ramondre is hard to put in the top 10 when you don't really know the direction of his career and what Bill's going to do. Bill's going to draft two or three running backs. Ramondre has top 10 running back explosion potential, but you got to be careful where you draft him. But you got Javante outside the top 10 right now because he's injured. You have you have J- Jonathan Taylor floating around 7 to 10. You have, uh, there's just no room. Yeah, even Hall and everything. Uh, hold on, Ada. Hold on a second. Mike, what can I do for you? You're live, pal. Oh, I don't need to. Uh, I I had an NFL draft question. I didn't want to change the subject. No, go ahead. To finish, but... Go ahead. All right, buddy. Have you noticed that uh, this tight end class is absolutely – I know I've been talking to the NFL draft a lot. This tight end class is loaded. What are the best landing spots in the first and second round for the four – you know, like for, for a tight end? I got a couple in mind. Like, I think Washington would be, for opportunity at least, like, because they need a tight end. Maybe, like, but uh, is, maybe if Sam Howell doesn't get a crack and if Sam Howell doesn't become yeah. the guy I want him to become, then I don't know that that's going to be beneficial, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, Cincinnati would be interesting, although, like, obviously we all think Hurts did good, but that's still a good spot. Um, I think uh, it would be... Casey's got some interesting backups to Kelsey already that we like Fortson, but but it would be interesting if 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 they did grab a tight end that takes because tight ends take a good two to three years. It's not like wide receivers. We saw Kyle Pitts do it, but then he didn't have as big of a year as everybody wanted him to. So we do know tight ends take a little time. It would be interesting to see a tight end go there. Um, as far as like more gl- glaringly uh, obvious spots, I would say. Um, the Bears would be interesting. Um, let's see here. Are you talking about that tight end out of North Dakota? I'm not talking about any tight end specifically. I'm saying tight end spots, landing spots. Did, I, don't I don't know if Mike was yeah, talking I think about it's a South Dakota. I don't think Mike was talking about a specific tight end. He's saying what are some good tight end landing oh, okay. spots. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, Chicago has Komet. That's why I don't. I don't necessarily know that he's. Yeah, that's the best spot. Yeah, I don't know Komet. I don't know if I. I don't know if I trust Komet, but I mean, I, he's not I, Kelsey. But like, I I think that uh, I think that the Bears could use a, a really good tight end that could develop alongside of of Fields, though. I don't know. Um, Chargers have have uh, an opportunity to where like there's talk about Keenan Allen getting released and being a cap casualty. I can't see that happening, but they definitely need somebody else to pull in passes that's not that's dominant, not not someone that's okay. So it just depends on who they bring in. Um, if it's like a you know the top prospect or something, like I could see the Chargers, you know, going after a, a big name tight end. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think I I personally think. Places with elite quarterbacks, that means more to me than potential, like, no uh, competition. Like, I could care less about competition. If the right tight end falls in the right spot, he'll rise up, you know. I don't think Komet's going to hold off any elite tight end that is a monster rising star. 
I don't think Hurst is going to hold back, uh, given that he can get injured a lot anyways, hold back somebody from rising up with Joe Burrow. So I, I more so see a tight end fit that way than, you know, than actually like Washington where there's an opening and then there's no one to throw in the ball. I feel, I hear you, man. It's, it's a, it's a really, these four top guys, though, I, I think, I think that we're going to see a team reach on Darnell Washington, the six foot eight player from Georgia. Yeah, I'll have my tight end ranking stuff out too very soon, so get ready for that. Um, That's going to be awesome. I can't, I can't wait for the draft. I, I, you probably tell. I'm a, I'm a big NFL I mean, everybody guy. here is, bro. Mark Cleveland in the house. What's up, Mark Cleveland? Uh, what else you guys got? Um, actually, um, I was um, I was going to head out, but thank you, Smitty. All right, appreciate you, Ada. Have a good one. Later. Mike, you got anything else? really it i mean i was listening to what he was saying about his his um mock draft he said he got mixon what did he say he got uh i forget what he said i think he said he got mixon late yeah but but then he also said that late was like where tony pollard's were going and i'm like well tony pollard's going early so i didn't Uh, understand i didn't understand what he meant on that because tony pollard could there's there's a there's a world where in mock drafts Tony Pollard goes in the second or third round, so I don't really get that. I don't get what he meant on that, but I I know what he was trying to say. And and the bottom line is, if Mixon's falling to crazy late territory, I still believe you're going to see guys that that are better bets than than Mixon. Um, like even if we go to like the wide receivers and we start looking at like, I mean I'm looking at dynasty wide receivers right now, and you have literally Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin, you have DK Metcalf, you have um, Terry McLaurin, all fighting in the, like the the thirteen to twenty range. Like it's crazy because if you go from if you go from Chase Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Adams, Diggs, I'm kind of doing a mix of redraft and dynasty just c- combined. Chase Jefferson, Cup, Adams, Diggs, Tyreek Hill, CD Lamb, AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, Waddle. And and Amon Ra and Chris Olave and T Higgins. That's that's thirteen, fourteen wide receivers right there. And it's Debo, Christian Watson, DK Metcalf, Godwin, Devontae Smith, in no particular order. Evans, um, Drake London, McLaurin, uh, you know, some will say Calvin Ridley, George Pickens. Those are all guys I, I I imagine some of the tail end of those wide receivers is right where this mixing character is still going. Like I can't imagine mixing going way later than all those players. So when he said late, I think he means like around that territory. So interesting. I, I told, you, something else, you you what? Something else I, I wanted to bring up. I did a mock draft too. I know it's way too early, and I wanted to get your opinions on one player. I got Cam Akers in the seventh round, and I thought that that was a really interesting value with how he ended the season. We still have some. He looked pretty good at the end of the season. He did, but I still worry about him staying healthy and 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 doing that at a, a consistent level in multiple years and all that. So I don't know. It's still a very brutal injury, but we have seen like Deonta Foreman recover from the Achilles injury, not to return to a top ten running back, but um, he was like borderline, you know, at times, at times, and. and 
and that's like the closest thing we've ever seen to it. But it was so many years after that he got to this point. Like we're talking about like five years later or something like that, four years later. Not not one year removed. But Akers has looked the best out of any running back um, that has recovered from that torn Achilles at this stage. We knew it. We knew. I knew. We talked about it the whole off season. There's no way he was doing it this year, this past year. There's just no way. But this coming season, is there a world where Cam Akers could be borderline 9 to 12, 8 to 12? Sure. And so seventh round, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think if anything, I might draft him there to just trade him. You know, like realize that the value is a lot higher than the seventh round. And so I would want to trade and try and get into a Pollard, try and get into a rookie like Sean Tucker or Charbonnet or Jameer Gibbs using Cam Akers at seventh round value. But yeah, no problem with that. And, and it's not like a crazy enough value to where you couldn't just let it ride, play with the house's money on that and just hope he does well. Do I, do I believe in him fully yet? No, but do I, do I think there's upside? Sure. Yeah. The, the other guy I was looking at at that pick was him. And I wish I kind of, I kind of wish I snagged Trey on Burks over him. It was a, it was a $3 best ball draft. It was just to have some fun. But I'm excited about Burks with this new offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, he seventh round, you can't, you can't go wrong with acres in the seventh round. That's not bad. Especially if you were to go like early wide receiver quarterback and tight end shopping, and then you came circled around and got your your one running back, and you waited until round seven to get your number two running back, and you ended up getting Acres. That's a pretty good move. You know that that could work well. I just don't, I don't know that I trust him. I'd probably trade him before he got hurt or something. That's the way I would look at it. All right, bro. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you, Smitty. Have a good night, buddy. Later, Mike. Uh, Tom Thomas, you think Stafford makes a comeback? Yeah, I don't see why he couldn't. You know, everyone's like writing him off already. Like Stafford, he had a he had an elbow issue. He he couldn't do things that he was supposed to be doing, and then he ended up getting just yeah. He's got a lot had a lot of a lot of injuries. You know, do I think he he could come back and have another good year or two? Sure, at least a year. I think he'll be good enough to throw it to Cooper Cup. I mean, they're they're a proven, you know, duo, a very good duo. But do I think I'll be starting Stafford in any fantasy league? Absolutely not. Do I think he's good enough to feed Cooper Cup numbers that can make him a top four wide receiver? Absolutely. So to to the level of loving him for Cup, yes. Loving Stafford on any sort of level of me starting him, no. So definitely, uh, definitely depends on the the angle we're taking here. In the context of, of what we're talking about. Uh, again, phone lines are open. We got just a little, little few more minutes left. We're doing the hour show today, so we'll take one more phone call. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Um, at a, uh, this is a long one, bro. This is a novel. In an early draft, no rookies, Walker, JT, round one, ETN, Pollard. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you for calling in, Ada. Imagine give her to Kellen Moore for Schottenheimer. Acres look looks better than before. We'll see, bro. We'll see. I mean, he looks he looks pretty he looks pretty decent. You know, he looks pretty decent, but he's always been injury prone. 
and everyone's going to argue that, that that believes in him, and that's fine. I mean, that's why we play the game, bro. But Akers was, your boy Smitty said, the most injury-prone running back in the NFL right before he tore his Achilles tendon. And I'm not saying I predicted the Achilles tendon tear, but I'm just saying that I I I was I was worried about him staying healthy before the Achilles injury, so it's hard for me to come back around and be like, you know what, I really uh motion detected at the backyard. I really like this guy Akers after I, you know, predicted him to be very injury prone. Like I just can't get behind him. Uh Ziggy, show me the backyard. Okay. I gotta change him to the front yard. He thinks the backyard's the front yard. He, he mixes everything up. That's a Miss Smitty. Miss Smitty, tell me she is. She have any food? Does she have any food? Looks like I'm picking up food today. What should I get for food? I kind of feel like wings. I feel like hot wings today. Uh, Ziggy off. All right, guys. I appreciate every single one of you. Please subscribe if you're new. Please punch the thumb up button on your way out the door. We got seventy. Two people still in here. If someone wants to call one last time before I end the show, go ahead. Concussion or neck or something, says Thomas. What was the injury? Injury to what? To who? Um, to who, bro? If it was to Cam Akers, it was the worst injury a running back could possibly have, which was the Achilles tear. That's on the back of your heel, the prison injury, where they slash it so you never walk straight again unless you have the perfect surgery. Uh, which in prison, I don't think they give you. Uh, so that's why that's that the, the shank tattoo. Weight loss goals, healthy food. I know, JC, but wings are so good, bro. Uh, I definitely not on course to 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 be ripped by February 14. We'll have to move in another yet another another month. Um, Johnny Lawrence wins again, <laughs> but I'm getting better. I am getting better. I've been working out. I'm staying fit. Your boy Smitty, the guns are coming in a little bit, a little bit, a little bit stronger than before, uh, but it, I do need to trim down in conjunction with it. So we're 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 doing it live. I might be live from uh, the Super Bowl uh, festivities uh, tomorrow, and I may go live on and off throughout the entire day. So hang hang with me tomorrow. Make sure your notifications are on because your boy will be potentially live on and off all day. I will see you all. Maybe tonight, maybe. I might go live again tonight, but definitely tomorrow again multiple times. I'll see you all later. Appreciate you. Maybe back tonight. Maybe live tonight. Keep them notifications on. And I'll definitely be on Instagram live. If you guys aren't following me, hold on, hold on. If you aren't following me, on IG. Number one, you can subscribe to my $4.99 plan. Just hit that subscribe button when you're on my Instagram profile for $4.99 a month. Oh, we didn't do voicemails. Hold on. We got to do those real quick. I don't think there was many left, but we have a couple. Jim. Hey, Smitty. I know we only have a small sample size to go from, but what's your projections? What's your thoughts on Jamison Williams this year? Uh, Jamison Williams. Let me record this. So this is my voicemail clan. And the voicemail group, it's $4.99 a month. Um, I have a, a specific group for this. And you can ask questions. You just hold down the microphone, see those voicemails, and you ask a question anytime you have one, and I'll, I'll play them on, uh, during the show and reply to you. And also reply in that chat so you don't have to hunt for it. You don't have to be watching the show. You'll get it in here. So uh, I'm recording for Jim right now, and I'm also live answering this question. So get on over to Instagram. Uh, hit that subscribe button. 
Uh, Jim Jamison Williams, I like him a lot. Him and him and St. Brown together uh, are 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 a very crafty, underrated wide receiver crew in the NFL, and they're both capable of of overtaking the other. They're both each is capable of being a top twelve fantasy football wide receiver, and that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I, I I I heed the road to St. Brown until until we see Jamison do it consistently, and, and people were expecting big things from the jump last year when he came back, and he just didn't he couldn't get involved. Um, the Lions also worry me about how they're getting certain players involved, like Jamison and Swift. So until we see it, I'm going to err on the side of caution a little bit, but I am very very hopeful. And and he's potential movement material as is St. Brown. That's the problem though; they both are kind of taken away from each other. Uh, but I love both. Thank you, Jim, for that question. And so right now in the in the chat group, I'm gonna I'm gonna at Jim, and then so he knows that I answered his question. And you guys can do this too. This one's from Kenny P. Hey, Smitty, just wondering if you could touch on Jamison Williams and what you're expecting out of him in year two. St. Brown definitely established himself as a dog this year. This same is gonna get the ball. The same question. Is there enough room for Williams to eat? Is he going to be a wide receiver two for you or a wide receiver three? See Jim's answer. At Kenny. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's the same question. Uh, let's see here. That's voicemail group number one. Voicemail group number two didn't send anything today. I don't think. Uh, appreciate you all being a part of the voicemail group. And if you don't subscribe to the 499 voicemail uh, uh, community, and, and you're in a chat with other people that have paid 499, so you're you're going to be able to ask those questions, like-minded people questions, and they're all serious about it because they're paying, right? So you get into an exclusive chat where you amongst each other can talk all day long, and then any voice messages are left for, for me. I go through there. I don't read everything because there's a lot you guys talk about. But I will re- I will play every voicemail on my show and answer it. Um, but if you don't do that, still subscribe or still follow me on on Instagram, the Fantasy Football Show. Same handle as the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash the Fantasy Football Show, Instagram.com/slash the Fantasy Football Show, or just search the Fantasy Football Show if you're on the mobile app. And your boy Smitty goes live on IG at least once a night, multiple times a day, and the IG community is awesome. So. Make sure you're a part of both the YouTube and the IG and the Twitter. The tweeter, those watching on Twitter right now or on Twitch, we appreciate you too. I'll see you all maybe later tonight on YouTube, definitely later on Instagram. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. The moon, man. Dropping loads in outer space. Look at him. New Moon Man. Congrats to Tony Pollard. Space Moon says. Congrats to Tony Pollard.